0: It's Friday night, which means it's time for another episode of the Friday Night Nicktoons podcast. I'm Ashley.
1: And I'm Casey. Last week, we looked at episodes that have to do with skipping school. We had our second-ever special guest on the show, my friend Max. We had a great time, and we can't wait to bring Max back on the show again.
0: We also conducted our weekly Twitter poll. We asked which episode had the most dire consequences for skipping school. In terms of what the characters experienced, but also what they missed out on, Spongebob's Hookie won 81% of the vote overwhelmingly defeating the episodes from Hey Arnold and Rocket Power.
1: Yeah, and I think because literal death was the consequence in this one, it was kind of a rough Twitter poll on our end.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think I think Celeste even uh, tweeted out of something like, you know, they genuinely could have been eaten alive and it's like, yeah. You know, in retrospect, it's not
1: really a difficult
0: <laughs> difficult choice there.
1: But Otto and Sam missed the carnival. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And and Arnold and uh, Gerald also missed the carnival. So. Yeah. So,
1: car. Which do you care more about, carnivals or your life? You know.
0: Really, I think that's a tough decision. So I think you guys should have, uh, you know, thought that one more <laughs> <We're> thoroughly. <laughs> I'm messing. All right. This week we're taking a closer look at a cult favorite Nicktoon, Invader Zim. We've done two episodes of this show already, but we weren't quite getting it, to be honest. In fairness to many of the fans of this much loved Nicktoon, we wanted to see some Nicktoons that you guys suggested. So thank you at Mega Orangutan for suggesting these episodes. Hopefully, this will be a, a better look than the last one.
1: Thank you guys, as always, for tuning in. Now, let's get started. From the Nicktoon
0: Our first episode is from Season 1, Episode 1, the very first episode of the show, uh, entitled The Nightmare Begins. This one aired March 30th, 2001.
1: And in this one, the we are introduced to the Urken race, and they are having an, a great assigning for Operation Impending Doom 2. What happened in Operation Impending Doom 1, you ask? Well, our protagonist, Zim basically completely messed it up, so he has not been invited to the second great assigning. He shows up anyway. The uh, overlords of this planet, Urk, are uh, the almighty tallest, and the two of them aren't the biggest Zim fans, so they send him on a fake mission to the edges of their known universe, and uh, even give him a dysfunctional standard information retrieval unit, who calls himself Gur. and they're kind of hoping they'll be rid of him but as we learn they most certainly are not
0: yeah i think that this um this enlightened a lot of things to me that during the last couple of episodes i didn't realize how much of zim's existence on earth is really just an accident
1: yeah we didn't know that going into the last time we watched this show we thought I thought it was a lot more serious, his quest on earth, but I think it makes the show far more interesting, knowing that it's it's a complete farce.
0: yeah it's and we can we can start from the beginning. I think honestly, I think um, something that I don't know if we hyped enough in the last ones, which we might have, the music is so great. The music just like gets you pumped up and it's it's such a different vibe than any of the other shows that we've watched so I definitely want to give it some credit there right off the bat the opening was really exciting and you know it I'll say it right now and as we talk about these next three I definitely think I'm glad that we gave this a better look because I think uh these were a lot more representative of the show and I definitely you know quote unquote get it a lot more than before
1: yeah, the music is great. I would say the whole aesthetic of the show really knows what it's trying to do right away. A lot of Nicktoons at the beginning, I don't want to say miss their mark, but aren't 100% certain on where what direction the show is going. And, I mean, Invader Zim makes no apologies for itself. And the animation, the characters, the dialogue, and the music all sort of fuse into this weird sort of faux-earth, creepy, awesome vibe, and I love it.
0: Yeah, it's... It's kind of got a dark, weird vibe, and I, I think there are still times and um, and I'm sure I'll make a lot of people angry with this, but Gurr specifically, I still I get why Gurr would be entertaining, but I not a fan, and I think I think Casey agrees with me on that one. But uh, let's let's stop all of the overarching things. We can get into it later. Um, I feel like that for some reason or like whatever this is, it seems like height is such a, a big thing to the, I don't know, what, the, um, the Urkins as they're called. Because they have the almighty tallest, and then there's this, this first character that we see walking up getting his assignment, and they're like, oh, you've grown taller. We were, we were going to assign you to the slaughtering rat people, but since you've grown taller, you get to go to the world with the comfiest couch. And I just find it funny that that's like their, that's like their main thing, is how tall are you?
1: There's the Almighty tallest are so much funnier than I thought they were. I didn't realize what they kind of remind me of the nanobots where they're these powerful beings, but they're completely ridiculous and kind of bickering
0: yeah, yeah I actually I kind of got a a nanobody vibe as well um it's it's great times they're constantly you know bantering amongst each other and um but I like the somehow they still are i guess the you know the rulers of this this race more or less it seems or at least to an extent and they are ridiculously taller than the rest of the crew which again apparently matters but it's yeah, um, kind
1: of their whole thing and yeah it's, it so... seems to be how they got there the source of their power is their height <laughs> and uh so zim finally shows up his introduction is great he kind of you know lands on the uh island of or the planet of Conventia, the convention hall planet and he's like i'm late i'm late blah 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 and he runs all the way up to the front and they said all right i think we're done here and uh zim says wait you forgot about me i missed my invitation and they're like oh we uh we didn't miss your invitation and he's like what don't you remember the first uh the first operation impending doom and we see a flashback and they're saying, you know, Zim, we don't trust you to send you on, on this mission. And they have this line that's so great. They say, no invader has ever been so very small. You're very small, Zim. You're a tiny thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: their, their entire way of talking throughout this is really interesting. Just the kind of a... I don't know exactly how to explain it, but just the, and the entirety of all of their dialogue has this this interesting tone like um I, I um
1: it feels kind of like Rick and Morty
0: yeah yeah kind of like an improvisational feel like the the sort of them repeating the same things but with the weird kind of funky things like um when they give Zim gur Zim's like it looks kind of not good <laughs> and then he's like uh, the, the Almighty Tallist replies with, oh yes, but that's what the enemy will think too. And Zim's like, oh it fooled, the, or almost even fooled me. Just like that, their answer is great. Uh, and I'll be honest, like, I, I genuinely laughed at a couple of the lines within that interaction. And I think it might be my favorite part of any of the episodes we watched. Just that entire dynamic of Zim not getting that they're screwing with him. And uh, them obviously just making a complete joke i i hope i know they come up at least a few more times i hope that uh they continue to have that banter in later later episodes as well
1: yeah they were my favorite part of all three of these episodes too the they only appear in this one episode i mean they sort of appear in later ones we'll get there but i really enjoyed their part in this episode So, Zim is on his way to the edge of the universe, and we can presume, I think, that they didn't expect him to find Earth, they just sort of hoped he would get lost and go away and, you know, get out of signal or whatever, but he finds Earth, he lands, and he uses his technology to disguise him and, uh, and Gur, him into a slightly less alien-looking human, (laughs) just barely. He changes his hair and his eyes, that's it and changes gur into a dog though gur really wants to be a mongoose or even a mongoose dog
0: yeah i, I the the mongoose thing was uh, interesting to say the least but yeah so they they sort of settle in more or less and we have a uh, we get to see uh, dib freaking out immediately he's sort of listening in on the whole the whole madness and dib as we've said before kind of has a a crocker complex and uh yeah it's he's a mess a little bit but um eventually or a little bit after this is in this yeah yeah um they uh zim decides to go to school because that's the place to learn about you know everything about earth so that he can destroy it the best but school and, with
1: a k not a ch
0: yes And, um, you know, the the teacher introduces him as the newest hopeless appendage to the student body. And Dib just has this face. This face of, like, am I the only one in the room seeing this right now? Of Zim being a literal alien, and pretty blatantly so. But everyone, everyone else seems to think it's fine.
1: Yeah, it's very obvious, but also the humans on this version of Earth in the Zim universe are kind of different, to say the least. They're a little more otherworldly and strange. Can we take a moment to talk about Zim's house? I think it's adorable.
0: Yes, which he he just magically plops in to the neighborhood, um, complete with, you know, the normal flag of I heart earth that we all have yep, in our yards
1: and fake robot parents who always welcome him home.
0: Yeah. I don't feel like they showed up again in the next couple of episodes. I don't know if those are recurring or did they?
1: Yeah. I don't think they I don't did. I, I don't remember them,
0: but regardless it's, it's an interesting concept. They're at home and it's all, you know, and, and again, I think partially just because this is such a weird version of earth, they don't really question it too much.
1: Right, it's yeah, just, they uh, really don't. You know. And to avoid getting too plot summary with these episodes, um, oh, there's a, there's an amazing recurring gag with this ice cream truck between the episodes, and I think it's so funny. Can we take a moment to discuss that?
0: Yes, I think that it's, it's one of the highlights as well of this. Um, there's the the ice cream song in this one is your existence is meaningless without ice cream, which, wow, wow, what a what a method of selling, right? Yeah, <laughs> yes. it gets
1: pretty. It's a pretty dark and existential show, and uh, and I mean dark in the like actually dark sense, in that it's not just like about risky topics. It's like the statements they're making within those risky topics are topics are pretty bleak. Even if you look at Zim being set up as a hero, I think the way they set him up is like a hero. He's terrible at being a hero, but you root for him is because, you know, he's smaller than all the other Zims. He's kind of scrappy, but he, he's also deeply flawed. And his mission, his ultimate goal, doesn't really exist. Like, he's trying to take over Earth, but there's no one who's invested in it except for him at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, he's... He's an interesting character, to say the least. Um, and I think... I'm glad that we got to see this episode and really get to sort of delve into le- just how he got here and how how out of touch with even his own people he is. You know, we have kind of see him be weirdly out of touch with humans, but it seems that he doesn't really fit in anywhere, right? He's He's in his own little world, you know, where he's really making a big difference and taking over everything and it's it's fascinating truly
1: for sure well that's kind of all of my bigger points on this episode you know it's a it's a double episode so we could go on and on but it it introduces the concept it introduces dib as like the anti-zim and we get we figure out who Gurr is we see the leaders and that's really about it
0: yeah um and again, we get we do get the little bit of the dibs thing, and I think we also see just the the whole class sort of being against dib and all, thinking that he's crazy. Um, again, that that's all set up very well. Um, yeah, I think I think. Oh, and I guess just to, in case it's ever relevant again, plot wise, um, I guess the at the very end they figure out that he made it to a planet. They being uh, the almighty tallest figure that out so i'm interested again to see kind of how that dynamic plays out if he ends up being a problem later or if they just kind of let him keep being on earth or how that all shakes out but uh yeah i think that sums it all up for me
1: awesome well coming up next we have our second invader zim episode Our second episode is called Walk of Doom. It's season one, episode 3B, and it aired on April 6, 2001.
0: And this one, Zim decides to test out a new guidance chip that he is installing into Gurr. But because Gurr decides that having a cupcake is more important than it, he takes it out, they get lost, and they have to resort to public transport to find their way back. And uh, that ends up being all of the messes that real-life public transit is.
1: Yeah, and this episode felt way more sitcom-y than the first one, maybe because it's a 12-minute or maybe because the plot has already been established. And now it just feels like Zim and Gur on this adventure, not adventure, but this sort of side plot together.
0: Yeah, and uh, I think, too, because we don't really see any um, interaction too much, I guess, with other people, but not with some of the main characters. This is more of them just interacting with Earth and not understanding anything about how earth works um we also get this this first reference of a couple of references about bees for some reason bees keep coming up yeah why there's a there's just a bunch of bees in his head in ger's head he literally just has a beehive and zim takes it and just like throws it in this chute and ger's just like oh my bees and it's like what <laughs>
1: Yeah, Ger is very strange. I will say Ger as a dog is adorable, but I just wish Ger would just be the cute little dog with his tongue out all the time and not the annoying robot that it's actually Ger. Yes.
0: And uh you know, I I get it, but dear god, things like the do song, I'm sure some people think that's hilarious, but I genuinely wanted to murder Ger during it. But you know, you know. Um so yeah, uh, I also When I talk about Zim's phenomenal disguise here, he has this hat with like this little flower on it, a beard and a coat, and that's his disguise. And it's, uh, it is something.
1: Oh, we have our, uh, another pretty rough instance of body horror in this episode where, uh, Zim looks at the sun for too long and it melts his eyeballs. And, uh, Gur is... They're just sort of hanging out, and he's like, I'll just wait until the skin grows back on my eyeballs. And just the, I don't know, the syntax of that line made my skin crawl. Yeah,
0: they they say a lot of bizarre things, and, and that kind of a humor happens a lot. Uh, I also want to give a shout-out to, there's, there's a couple of phrases here where Zim uses them to describe everyday things in wonderful ways. Um, he makes a magnet, not a magnet, a compass, and he's like, I'll use Earth's own magnetic field against it. And I was like, one, I just think it's funny that acting like using a compass is in any way going to damage the Earth. And also, like, that is, I guess, literally what we're doing, right, is using Earth's own magnetic field to find out how to go places. But uh, my, my, maybe my favorite line in this episode is he tries to go on the bus to get home, and the bus driver's like, hey, you have to pay the fare. And he says, you expect me to pay to be on this filthy machine? Have you brain worms?
1: (laughs) (laughs) So good. Yeah, I love that line. And then I love when they realize that they need money to get out of the city. He says, if we can get a job, we can get money. With this money, we can ride the bus. (laughs) And just Zim figuring out Earth is so entertaining. Yeah, and I think
0: with all of the things, he thinks that he's, like... Figuring out something brilliant, you know, he's like, oh, I figured it out. We can get a job and we can get money and we can, we can ride the bus. I'm brilliant. I am so smart. It's like, dude, that's just life. Like that is, that's the bare bones basics.
1: Right. Which is of the episodes we've seen kind of Zim's MO. He just takes something basic and claims like it's the most, you know, brilliant thing ever done.
0: Yeah. And I, I do appreciate that. I think it suits him, but, uh, yeah, yeah. Ridiculous, to say the least. Um, basically, though, they they end up... They're, like, street performers for a hot second, get the money to ride the bus. Um, they, they're on the bus for, like, a minute, and he can't even handle being on it after they get the money, because it's so gross. And this is also a very public transit right? And especially just uh, having been in New York for, for the time that I was weird person on any form of public transit right that you go on there's always like that one weird person where you're like why are you here like where did you come from why are why are there so many of these people
1: so let's talk about these signs um they're sort of just random background yags but as he's on the bus we see these signs my two favorites that i caught were stop making babies and the goat wants you and uh, what causes that could represent, it's kind of baffling to me, but I, I love it. Yeah,
0: and, and I think it goes again, just in this sort of weird off version of Earth we're sitting in, where it is Earth, sure, people are humans, and things like public transit are kind of normal, and yet, things are very much strange. Yet.
1: Um, yeah. Oh, and let's talk about the stupid Gurr thing, where he, uh, where he keeps taking out important things and filling it with food, specifically the tuna and him the image of him drinking tuna out of his tail. And I mean drinking because it's essentially liquefied. Yeah,
0: he's... Gur Ger likes to ruin things. That's like, that's his fun in life is just being a mess.
1: <laughs> Including the show, am I right? <laughs>
0: oh, um... Oh, and then then we gotta gotta mention, of course, in this one, there's the ice cream gag as well. We hear just the ice cream worker, he's just shouting, he's like, Ice cream! uh, Somebody buy it! I have ice cream! Please, just give the ice cream! Just, like, shouting nonsense, and it's beautiful. Um, Yeah, so I think, at the end, um, and I think this happens a lot in Zim episodes from what we've seen, it's not really resolved, right? He doesn't actually get back, but I think it's, There's kind of just a reset button at the beginning of any Zim episode, and that's just kind of how these things work. Um,
1: Yeah, because there's really no way out of this one, and they're just, I assume, fine by the next episode.
0: Yeah, it it seems like it's more about the mess than it is about the resolution for them. They're not trying to fix the problems, they're just trying to make them. And uh, so it goes. Um, And then I do want to point out, too, how... uh, this has some similarities to Rock Bottom that we just watched, and sort of just it has the real life struggles of things like public transit and getting around, yet done in sort of a weird, eerie way. And uh, I don't know, I I overall enjoyed this one. Definitely, again, appreciate the suggestion, and I feel like we're getting a much better idea of what Invaders in is. Mm-hmm.
1: I completely agree, and I, have, I thoroughly enjoyed all three of these episodes, and uh, there's so few episodes of Invader Zim, unfortunately, to the fans who love it, but I might put just push through it all someday just to get the, the big picture, get the whole idea from start to finish. Yeah,
0: I think, I think I would be down for that as well. It's definitely one of the shorter series. Um, other than that, I think that sums everything up. Are we ready to keep moving forward?
1: I am if you are.
0: All right, so up next, we'll have our third and last episode. Our third and final episode is entitled Attack of the Saucer Morons. It's from season one, episode 5A and aired April 27th, 2001.
1: And in this episode, Zim's spaceship is sent spiraling out of control after an encounter with, you guessed it, a bee. And it crash lands in a park. Uh, He attends to recover it, but finds this UFO-inspired cult. And, uh, well, they take his UFO, and he is stuck in this conundrum because he can't reveal the fact that he is an alien, to get his ship back but he also just can't let him have it so he's kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place here and uh, eventually when his disguise does fall apart, they begin to worship him as their their prophesized alien god, according to their leader, whose name is just Frank, another member of the cult. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's... Yeah, that's pretty much it. It's,
0: It's a great sort of rendition of a real life cult, I think it's it's got a lot of the the sort of trends that you see in in the real life ones and their their ways of making normal things into chaos. Um and uh yeah again so we, we get the, the bee thing back in here again because the bee for whatever reason just completely destroys Sim's ship. I don't really know why, but apparently bees are just horribly, horribly destructive.
1: Yeah, it's, there are a lot of physical questions involved, but it happens, that much we know. And, uh, yeah, the show's obsession with bees is certainly fascinating. Can we talk about Gur being at the club? One of the few random things that made me laugh.
0: <laughs> yes, and and just for no good reason, Gur <laughs> is clubbing. He's <laughs> clubbing and he's clubbing hard. Yeah. And it is, it's great. And, you know, I... I think I could see Gur getting out a lot of his sort of uh, overexcited energy at the club. I think it's a good place for him to go.
1: Yeah. And I will say my problem with Gur comes down to my problem with a lot of the jokes in Fairly Odd Parents. In that, like, they think just this idea of having a short attention span or, like, ADD in general is really funny. And even when I was a kid, I didn't think it's funny. Not, in, like, in an offended way, but in, like, a... What's the joke here? It's like getting distracted is hilarious. I don't. I don't really understand it.
0: Yeah, and I I agree with you on that. I think certainly there is um, there's obviously a group that does find it funny. So you know we we might be in the minority. I don't know that we are. Um, but yeah, I think I think that general sort of theme of humor just doesn't really do it for me um that being said i did like and this is jumping ahead a bit well first first i'll talk about this guy so one, one of the leaders so zim makes his is it his ship I, I don't remember exactly what it is he makes something look like a pig it's like a, some kind of a pod of sorts that he makes look like a pig. Yeah, and it kind of floats and suspicious.
1: flies. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and uh, there's this guy who's trying to, like, analyze it as though, he, he sounds like one of those people who's, like, trying to analyze an art piece, you know, where, like, you're looking at it and you're like this, there's nothing here, and they're like, oh, no, no. And he's like, it represents humanity and it's a uh, pig-like desire for uh, exploration. You could tell him like, really stretching it, but like sort of saying it in one of those tones where people aren't going to call him out on it. And I thought that was a, you know, it was a fun sort of nod towards that general group of people.
1: For sure. Yeah, this is another episode where a lot of it ends up being like a Danny Phantom like kind of boring chase sequence. And I don't love that part of the episode, but I do love this cult. I will say that much.
0: Yeah, I do too, and I, I love how uh, at some point they say something like, um, this is just like the prophecy as told by Frank. And Frank, the guy, is just like, a yep, told you he come. And it's, it's just this whole dynamic is great. They, <laughs> like I said, they really encompass this sort of, nonchalant thing where, like, clearly Frank is just full of crap, but happens to get lucky, and, uh, but I think, um, the- the ending might be my favorite part of this as well, in that Ger disguises himself in this government man costume, and he's like, I am the government man, come from the government, the government has sent me. And then people are like, well, what about the pig? And he's like, that's a government pig. Like, he just keeps putting the word government in, and the people are kind of buying it. Like, uh, he did say the word government. Sounds pretty official. (laughs) Yeah, it's
1: kind of a nice satire of cults in in general.
0: And I I think that's something we haven't really talked about much. I think that kind of shows that I think in general, this show does have a little bit of an older lean towards it, right? Like, as a child, I didn't really know what a cult was personally and i I feel like it's one of those jokes where like sure i guess like as a kid you could still understand and enjoy the fact that they're really weird but i think some of the overarching concepts and things like you know that existentialism we were talking about is definitely intended towards an older audience or written you know to be enjoyed by people of an older
1: audience as well For sure yeah i would say older middle school is about this uh shows target demographic but i could see people of all ages enjoying it for one reason or another
0: yeah and um again we do have one of these abrupt endings where nothing's fully resolved they just
1: crash right
0: (laughs) yeah he, he just crashes again and uh so it goes it's It's a weird show, and I think the more that I'm watching it, the more I'm enjoying it. And I do think it has a very designated style that is very much its own. And, um, yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad we took a time to really give it a deeper look in. So uh, I don't think I have any other thoughts, really, other than glad that we took another look. And I think that it, it does, you know, it makes sense to me both why this is such a cult classic and why people are so upset. It only got two seasons. I think it definitely deserved a longer run.
1: Oh, I agree. But I do think it did have a limited uh, market in terms of its demographics. I, I know I said everyone could find something to enjoy about it, but I don't think it necessarily would have universal appeal with little kids and, like, the elderly So, in a way that, like, Spongebob does. So... That's kind of, I don't know, I like this show. I want to give it a chance. It doesn't feel like any other Nicktoon, that's for sure. And uh, I just didn't, I didn't think about this until you said it, Ashley, but I wonder how much this show influenced Pendleton Ward on Adventure Time in terms of the abrupt endings and the sort of randomness and finding comedy in the absurd. I, uh, not that it hadn't been done before Invader Zim, but it, I get some Adventure Time vibes in, from that angle.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you on that. I think, I think it definitely, not the first in some ways, but I think that in many ways, kind of the, the first of its kind, the kind of paving its way for this weirder, more obscure sense of humor, right? And sort of this weird, random thing, I think, I think it was sort of one of the beginnings of, of that sort of a phase
1: i stand by my original point when we did our first invader zim episode that Bill, the grim adventures of billy and mandy does pretty much everything zim is trying to do better i still stand by that but i think uh zim closed the gap a little bit for me in my mind at least watching these three. yeah
0: i'll agree with that and i do think that it it is a distinct show still right from from grim adventures i do think that there's a lot of parallels but i think i think it does have its own style and i i appreciate it a lot more at the very least
1: for sure shall we head over to trivia
0: yes we shall Alrighty, it's time for our Nick Trivia segment. Our current standings are Casey with five, me at seven, and we've only got a few more weeks to go before we decide to start wrapping this all up. So let's let's see if Casey can make a comeback.
1: Yeah, I uh, was on an upswing and then lost it. So let's see if I can get that momentum back. All right, Ashley, my question for you. I avoided talking about this so that you wouldn't think about it for trivia, but mine is related to the coming. Invader Zim TV movie this year that was recently announced. And uh, so we already know that Invader Zim and Hey Arnold are getting new movies soon. Which other Nicktoon that we have covered is also getting a TV movie in the near future? Is it A, Rocco's Modern Life, B, Cat Dog, C, Ren and Stimpy, or D, The Angry Beavers?
0: I'm pretty sure it's A, Rocco's Modern Life.
1: (laughs) That is correct. Well done. How'd you know that? Yeah. I have no idea.
0: Uh, Josh Josh just mentioned it to me when I he, he sent me the link about the Zim thing and he's like, and apparently Rocco's Modern Life is also getting a movie, and I was like, that's bizarre. So Yeah,
1: that's why I picked it. bizarre as enough that that's it stuck so in my funny. mind.
0: Yeah, if if Josh hadn't specifically said that to me, not a chance would I have thought Rocco's Modern Life would be the one to get the movie. I don't know why it does. I think that's a bizarre choice. I didn't think it was that. Popular of a show, but well, did you read the interview
1: I, with the creator? He was like, "Yeah, I'm not just doing it for nostalgia. I feel like these characters have more to say." And <laughs> I don't mean to be rude because I do like the show, but what were they saying before that was so <laughs> relevant?
0: <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it's it's a weird one to me. I'll still watch it when it comes out. I'm fascinated to see what they do with it and how they modernize it. But I thought it was a weird one for sure. Alrighty, so that's me. at Eight, Casey's still at five, but let's see, you might might be able to make it make it on ahead, right? Okay, so mine is one of those visual questions we all know and love. Uh at the very beginning of the theme song of Invader Zim, I guess if you call it a theme song, but you know what I mean, um, we see a screen and there is a word written in red in all caps across that screen. There's also an image behind it of like one of the um, the what do you call them? It's the Urkins. But there's there's a word, and my question is, which of these four is that word? Is it A. Alert, B. Panic, C. Invasion, or D.
1: Earth? I'm gonna go with C. Invasion. Final answer. Correct.
0: That is correct. Mm. I'm struggling to think with other things that might be there, but uh, yeah, just invasion written all all in red there nice so although you're still lagging by two at least you didn't you know let the lead get too out of hand on this one
1: for sure all right so yeah no net change i was thinking alert for a bit but uh, i'm glad i didn't go with yeah that. i thought
0: i thought alert alert seemed like it could be there right but yeah nope you're, you're right good to good to stick with it there
1: For sure. All right, well, when we come back, we'll have our conclusion with our fun fact Twitter poll and a preview for next week.
0: Our fun fact for this week is that Kevin McDonald, the voice actor for the purple Almighty Tallest, is also the voice of Waffle from Cat Scratch.
1: Yeah, I thought that was really awesome and also immediately obvious. And it's kind of great how close the two voices are.
0: Yeah, and very different characters. But uh, (laughs) for sure, they, you know, similar voice. I think he does a good job of sort of making that work for for various characters. So
1: another cool one. So our Twitter poll for this week is uh, something Ashley and I both agreed on, but we want to hear other opinions. Do you think Gurr is funny or annoying?
0: Yeah, I'm interested to see how that one shakes out. I think, I think that we'll have a pretty. Uh, I think that's one that you're you're very strong on one or the other. You know, like if you have an opinion on it, you're you're feeling it pretty well. But I'm I'm interested to see how you guys feel. Don't feel obligated to think he's annoying just because we said we think he is go with your gut if you think he's hilarious we're glad to hear it uh next week we're going to be doing an early 90s episode we haven't quite figured out all of the shows we're going to be looking at but we're looking only at the early 90s sort of the beginning of the Nicktoons, and really delving in deep to that
1: all right well thank you guys so much for listening and we'll see you next time